I'm Melissa White, and welcome to the Spirit Room Podcast. This is a show to help inspire you to live your life to the fullest, but really to learn about those that guide us, our unseen helpers, guides, angels, loved ones in spirit that walk beside us in this life. I'll share with you personal experiences from my life as a professional medium and mentor. I'll also offer you insight into working with the spirit world and introduce you to guests that I find fascinating and that might lead you on your own journey to further discover your own soul's gifts. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Spirit Room Podcast. I'm Melissa White, and I'm really delighted to introduce you to Mina, who is my guest today. She's a classical feng shui consultant, energy clearing guide, spiritual mentor, and manifesting coach. And so through her unique mix of ancient feng shui wisdom, energetic cleansing, and deep spiritual guidance and support, her clients' lives transform in a harmonious way with their relationships, health, wealth, and careers. She works with people in person throughout Vancouver, BC, as well as virtually around the world. So she works with people who want to unlock their greatest potential and dramatically up-level their lives and manifest their greatest dreams. So wonderful. Welcome, Mina. Thank you, Melissa. It's such a pleasure to be speaking with you. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to elaborate on my passion. Wonderful. I'm so excited to get started. So first of all, for those listeners who aren't familiar, could you explain a little bit about what feng shui actually is? Yes. Feng shui is the balance. It's a balance in energy. To sum it up, that's what feng shui represents. The balance between the yin and the yang, the feminine and the masculine. And the focus is to invite healthy energy into our spaces, our homes, businesses, to invite it in and then to maintain it. Beautiful. And I think it's so important. A lot of people who are listening are sensitive, empaths, intuitives. And I think oftentimes we might forget or we discount how important and how sensitive we can be to the energy within our environment or within our spaces. And it's interesting when you sort of take a look, like take stock and inventory when things are feeling funky, oftentimes there is some kind of something off, either something that's cluttered or something that's not working within the flow of your space. So I think it makes perfect sense to look at that. Yes. And this is what I often talk about in my speaking opportunities or with my clients is energy is not something that's seen, it's felt. It's felt. And the more we fast forward on this journey, you know, beings like yourself and many other uh, people that I come across, the more they're doing the work, they're being intuitive and they feel it more. They feel the flow and they feel the heaviness. So, yes, definitely something that's felt. Right. And can you tell us a bit about how you first started getting interested in energy and feng shui and 
how you learned about it. Yes, that part I love sharing about. I get a smile in my heart when I think about it myself. When things are meant to be, Melissa, you know, I had my son 25 years ago. And back then I was on maternity leave and we didn't always have the pleasure of just going on Google and finding things out if we were curious about something. So somehow I purchased a coffee table book. I still have it. I don't even know. I don't even think chapters was around at the time. I purchased it and it stayed on my coffee table. Life happened. I went through, you know, different relationship, different houses. But that coffee table book stayed with me. And then about seven years ago, I lost my father. And he was my biggest supporter. I loved our connection. And I would often share about my journey, my curiosity. You know, I am of Indian background, so we grew up around astrology, spirituality, and somehow feng shui, as much as it was a foreign word to me, being Indian, it just stayed with me. And then when I lost my father, I truly feel to this day that he gave me the nudge and said, okay, Mina, it's time for you to do something about this. So I was working full-time. I was a flight attendant full-time, being away from home most of the time. Somehow I managed to take time off, research what is it that's calling me there, and then discovered there's many different types of feng shui. There is also something very similar in India, which is called pastu. So how do I train? Where do I train? Which modality do I train in? Then the work started and I started to do my research and then I signed up with an organization out of Ireland. They have an office in San Diego and it is in classical feng shui. And I am so grateful to the universe for guiding me this way because you'll hear me often talk about there is a cure for almost everything, where in some other modalities I could point out the flaws, but I'm, I'm solution-oriented. If there isn't something I can do about it, I don't want to bring it to other people's attention and, and get them to, to worry about what isn't. So I trained in, in San Diego, then I did my advanced training in Virginia Beach, and then I was blessed. I was one of the 37 from around the world chosen to go do my advanced studies and spend a month in China. That's where it has originated from over 5,000 years ago. And we di- I did that in 2019 and just, just grateful to my feng shui journey and where it's led me. That's beautiful. It's interesting. I, I used to be a flight attendant as well. So I find that kind of an interesting. Oh, <laughs> I did not know that, Melissa. <laughs> I was younger though like I was I think 19 when I got hired so it was a long time ago now but yeah but that's so interesting so what was the experience like in China like can you tell us a bit about that oh my goodness yes yes so blessed so blessed to have experienced that just before the world shut down in 2019 and they eat feng shui they breathe feng shui they live feng shui we were in five different cities and islands and started in Beijing where it's all so traditional it's just rooted in there and ended in Shanghai with the 200 floor towers business towers and feng shui everywhere and I just truly feel best to have experienced it firsthand. Definitely amazing and I love what you said about you know being solution-based because it's true I think sometimes people shy away from things like feng shui because they think that, oh, if they become aware 
of all of these things, it gives them like it makes them anxious or stressed. But yes. I think it's important to know that if there is a remedy, if there's something that you can do to balance it, then that I would rather I'm someone who'd rather know and <laughs> I'd rather know what's going on and then I can do something about yes. it. Yes, And that's what I love about my journey right now, Melissa, is the fact that I point out how we can enhance it. We don't call it a problem. We don't call it an issue. No, this is where we can enhance this sector. Is it your relationship that's this part of the house? Is it this part of the house that's missing in the wealth? And here's what we can do about it. And why I chose classical feng shui is the remedies are so simple. Of course, they're very effective, but mm -hmm. they're simple. If you go into one of my clients' homes or businesses that are feng shui with me using classical feng shui, you will not be seeing any fufus hanging or any frogs or turtles. I mean, something that does not, that you cannot relate to should not be there. It should not be an eyesore or something to resent looking at. So it's either incorporated into their decor or it is disguised beautifully. Mm, yeah, perfect. No, I love that. Yes. What about spiritually? Like if you look back, how would you say that your spiritual interest or your spiritual journey really began? Well, like I mentioned, I come from an Indian background. Excuse me. And spirituality, you know, we grow up in it. And my father was a very spiritual man. A religious, yes, but more spiritual, grounded, you know, believing in giving his service and his time and just making the world a better place. So when you grow up in a family like that, it becomes second nature. I am also the oldest daughter, so I had <laughs> I had the connection with my father. Grew up in Canada, but, uh, you know, uh, he practiced it at home. So for me, it was just second nature. And somehow when I started the feng shui journey, it came loud and clear to me. And my tagline, bringing om into feng shui. It mm. just really, feng shui is its tools. They're practiced, they're proven, they're effective. But for somebody to say, well, Mina came and she said I should place a water fountain here or certain thing there and place it and hope that it will work versus they place it with intention. They have faith. They're grounded. They're doing the work. They're doing the meditation. That's spirituality to me. It is having faith and placing things with intention. So for me, it goes hand in hand. It is not just the tools. It is the spirituality. We have to do our part and continue to express gratitude. All goes hand in hand. So I am loving my spiritual journey right now when I'm grounded. I'm not flying anywhere. I gave up my career and, and expressed gratitude to the universe for giving me those 20 years. But this is my calling. And if I'm grounded, I'm spiritually inclined, then I can pass it on to my clients. Exactly. I mean, I love what you said about the intention because it's so true. I think many times people want the results, but they're not actually always aware or willing to meet the universe halfway, you know? So then they might look at a tool and say, oh, it didn't work or, oh, it's not this or, yes. did, you know, this or that. Or even something as simple, you know, I have some various meditations that are recorded and one for connecting with your spirit guides. And I'll have people that will try it one time and they don't have an earth shattering 
experience that they could tangibly see their guide with their physical eyes and they think that it's not working for them or that they don't have the ability to connect with their guides. And I always come back to what you've said around the intention and also the belief and the faith that has to be all present in order to make use of those tools, you know, so I really agree with you there. Yes, well, very important. I mean, if things just surface the one time we do it, then we would be living in a very materialistic world and well, I want this and then I want that and then tomorrow I change my mind. It's we have to do the work. We have to do the work there and have to have faith. That is our part and leave the rest to the universe. Mm -hmm. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Would you share some tips, some feng shui tips with our listeners for manifestation prosperity? Yes, that is something, as you know, by now I have combined, I have made this into my own practice. I don't even know if there's something like this out there because this is, this is what was coming to me and I created it all. Feng Shui. And then the importance of energy clearing. We have to maintain the energy in our spaces so those Feng Shui tools can work. And then manifesting. Now we have, we placed the tools, we've cleared the energy. Now we manifest it all goes hand in hand. And I put a lot of emphasis on manifesting and prosperity. Prosperity means different things to different people. It is not just money. Prosperity in our health, in our relationships, it all goes hand in hand. So for me, the number one key that you mentioned just a few minutes ago is meditation. Meditation. Start the day. Start small. You know, people sometimes ask me, well, I don't know how to meditate. There really is no such thing as how to Build your own practice. What, what's in our part is give it the time. Give it the time. That's our part. Do diligence of grounding ourselves, making time every morning and meditate. And that's when the calmness comes in and that's when the gratefulness comes in. And then our day transpires very differently ones were grounded. So that's where it starts is meditation. After that, I put heavy emphasis on moon energy. For me, it is all part of the manifesting process. The program that I created is also taking advantage of that gift that we get twice a month. Release during full moon, you know, for different practices, they may be releasing emotions, maybe releasing what isn't serving you. At the end of the day, make use of that moon energy. Release what is not working for you. Is it frustration? Is it anger? Is it baggage? Is it a relationship? Is it the career? Make it your own, but take advantage of releasing. New moon, manifest. Now you've cleared what isn't serving you. Now take advantage of the moon energy and manifest your desires. There's many different rituals. Find one that works for you or connect with somebody that can guide you. Then there's crystals. You know, you, you know firsthand about the power of crystals. I will talk about just the one. I tell my clients if there is just one that you want to get, start with clear quartz clear cords. It's the manifesting crystal. When I uh, conduct my feng shui vision board workshops, that is the one I give to them. Clear cords, we call it the mother of all crystals. It is for health, but mostly for manifesting. So use all those tools, meditation, energy clearing, crystals, moon energies, and then put in the time. Nothing happens until we, we give it our time. Definitely. 
I love that. Yeah. And I would say, yes, with the clear quartz, it's the master healer. You know, it's yeah. just so versatile. So yeah, that's yes. definitely a good tip. Yeah to, yeah. to start with that one. What about some types of things that can be done to help the energy of a home to flow more easily? I'm sure there's a lot, but any ones that you could share that people might be interested in and hearing about? Yes, well, they can start with something simple. It doesn't have to be complicating. And then, of course, when they shift the energy in their homes, then energy will want them to do more. They see results. They get empowered. I call it a beautiful dance. You know, we take the first step, energy meets us, and then we're on a beautiful journey. So how how can they do the first steps? It's very easy. Invite energy, focus on the front door front door, you know, declutter the front door, make sure that it's inviting. So I always give my clients or anybody that that's curious about, you know, taking the first step in feng shui is if you could see energy, it's dancing around out there on the street, it's flowing because really that's what it is. Now, which house will it go into? Will it be your house or will it be the house next door who has done the work to invite it in beautiful healthy plants flowers this time of the year in the fall and winter make sure there's no snow shovels or anything outside no brooms dustbins just have make sure the lights are working outside the numbers are visible invite that energy in that is the key. We can't do anything with energy if we first haven't invited it in. Then declutter the entrance. Then declutter the house, of course, you know, just making sure that everything that you have in your home over weeks and months, don't get overwhelmed, but over weeks and months, declutter, go through that utility drawer, go through that one closet, start small, don't get overwhelmed, but declutter and always ask, do I love this or does it have a purpose? Because if it doesn't have a purpose or you have something hanging as a painting, for example, somebody gave it to you or you bought it somewhere 15 years ago and now you've even forgotten that it's there because, you know, our eye gets so used to seeing certain things. Do you love it? Does it have a purpose? And if it doesn't, it's time to part. Make part with those things and make space energetically so the universe can deliver you where you are currently right now. That's the key. And plants. Plants just have such amazing energy. Make sure they're not spiky or pointy sharp edges to so that they're piercing the energy, but healthy plants. It, it's just, again, a beautiful energy that we can bring into our home. So start small. And after they do some of this work, they start to see the difference. And then it's a beautiful dance going forward. Oh, wow. I love it. And do you ever, I've heard before people talk about like washing the front door in certain kind of, I think it's like different oils and stuff like that. Is that part of a practice that you've used or no? Yes. So classical feng shui is very precise. It is like astrology. You're either a Gemini or Aries and you read in the newspaper back in the day and you kind of chuckled. Or if you wanted real astrology, you would go to an astrologer with your date of birth, time of birth, and place of birth, you know, time of birth right down to the minute. Classical feng shui is like that. It is what year did the roof go on? Who lives in the house? What is the square footage? And most importantly, what is the direction where energy is entering? And it's not always the front door. So I practice more of the, the pures that are precise to each person's location. Having said that, there is nothing to stop anybody from adding an extra layer. 
And so if they, they've, you know, if they have a front door and they read somewhere or heard that they can remove some of that stagnant energy, definitely. I myself recommend attaching those layers to my clients once we've experienced classical feng shui. Now, to answer your question in general, yes, wash the front door with salt water. If they don't have Himalayan salt, even plain table salt, wash it with the, the salt water. Salt is so powerful in removing any heaviness. And then make sure that the mat isn't breaking. The mat is nice and, and clean. It doesn't have to be new. Just make sure that there's no breakage in it. And the cinnamon, cinnamon is very powerful to invite in prosperous energy. So sprinkle a little bit of cinnamon or put a little stick in the planter. It's very important in feng shui to have a balance. So always in twos, one on the left, one on the right. So rituals like that, definitely, yes. Love it, love it, yes. And I've heard that about the cinnamon before as well. So that's a good that's a good reminder for everyone as well. Yes, and um, herbs. Herbs have a lot of power too in feng shui, yes. <laughs> okay. And then what about for biz, say for business and real estate, how does that differ from how you would work with someone within the home? Mm -hmm. A business feng shui, the calculations are similar. However, the cures now, what may be Southwest is represents love and relationship, for example, but in business feng shui, it would be the relationship with their clients and customers. You know, so health now the center represents health, but in in classical feng shui for business, it is the health of the business and how we can enhance it. So the, the calculations are the same, but when it comes to my remedies, we focus mostly on the client and they're wanting to attract clients or customers. We focus heavily on that and of course on customer relations and then inviting in prosperity. Beautiful, beautiful. And what about for, say, some stories as far as before and after feng shui, like the difference that it can make? Any Anything you can share with us around that? Yes, well, without give, getting giving any information away, I'll just share my last month, uh, generally speaking. So I purchased a citrine bracelet and uh, I cleared it. I set my intention in it for them. That was about three weeks ago at a barbecue. And they just told me last week that not only did they get the role that they wanted, but they actually landed the job with the company in downtown Vancouver and the role that they wanted all within two and a half weeks of following the guides. And they did the work. They did the work. I was just the guide to provide tools. And it warms my heart to hear results like that. Another client a month ago in downtown after trying for many years and using fertility feng shui is now expecting. Sure, first she's over the first trimester, so she told me about that. You know, another couple that owns a real estate company, their business has just evolved. But these are just a few examples of the clients that are doing the work. There is so much power in, in feng shui and the tools and the manifesting and the energy clearing practice. But at the end of the day, the clients have to do the work. This is why, why I put heavy emphasis on this. I don't promise anything to anybody. I elaborate on the tools and then I'm very clear that they have to do the work, follow the guidelines. And that's when we see beautiful results. Yes. I think that's such an empowering message, you know, that there's all of this available. There's all of this potential. 
And it's up to us if we want to pursue it, if we want to focus and spend the time and work with that intention. But I, I do love that you work with people with fertility because I think that's something that is extremely, at times, can be extremely energy-based, really. Like, especially if there's been disappointment or if there's been grief over it in the past, if there's been losses, oftentimes the energy can be very, very heavy. And so to work through it with the feng shui tools, I think is a really amazing yes. thing to do. Well, this is why, Melissa, for me, it is not just, okay, these are the feng shui tools. I've spent two hours here. Here's your report and here's my invoice. It is not that. And I tell, I'm very clear with my clients. When I leave the consultation, whether it's virtual around the world or it's in person here in Lower Mainland, I'm very clear that this is not the end. This is actually the beginning. The more you will interact with me, the more you will ask questions, the more that's when I know the work is being done. So regarding the fertility feng shui, I'll give you one example. So I had the, my most recent client had a lot of storage in the west section of the home. When we did the precise calculations, I was there, I saw, and I guided, and a few months went by, and then we focused on the fertility feng shui part, above and beyond basic feng shui. And that's when I brought it to their attention that West in classical feng shui represents new beginnings, inner child, and children. It's, it represents those three areas. Now, if somebody is wanting to grow the family and focus on conceiving, well, those three areas are very powerful. New beginnings, inner child, because as you know, if we're just suppressed and just dragging our feet through life, the manifestation process is not going to be very powerful. And then, of course, children. So they removed all of the storage. She created a beautiful meditation area in that space. And the rest is hearing great news from them now. Wow. Beautiful. I love it. And I do, I really love the fact that there's practical things that you can do. You know, because I find that oftentimes with different spiritual practices, people, I think, are they are looking for an action. They're looking for something that they can actually take and run with. And sometimes it is a lot about mindset, but I do think that these the creation of a new space or the decluttering of an area or adding, you know, some beautiful items with intention. Mm-hmm. So empowering because it's also in that moment the person is feeling as though they're a part of that solution and it's not all outside of them it's something that they can do and it comes from within so I think that part is really empowering yes exactly because now one let's use that example again one they know when they walk by that area why they created it so the subconscious mind already relates to it every time they go into that area secondly it's an area they will enjoy sitting because they newly created it where they are in their life right now and thirdly the area itself is not full of storage it's actually beautiful energy and then much, much more than that unique to each client. So it is that, you know, to the subconscious mind, we have to love certain things. We have to, it has to resonate. We have to see. And when we put in the effort to do that, that's when we see beautiful results. Definitely. 
What would you say is maybe the most challenging part of the work that you do? The challenging part is really not any restrictions from spaces or the universe. It is sometimes we get in our own way. And that's okay. I start my day. I don't double book. The days I have consultations, I start my day with the beautiful meditation. I go into people's spaces, whether it's virtually or in person. Then I close it at the end of the day with the closing meditation. And that is where I see what was the obstruction? What can we do? And I release it to the universe to empower that client for that purpose. Some, you know, the different phases in life, some are not fully ready to, to believe and have faith in the universe. Some of us are go-getters. We believe if it's to be, then it's up to me, you know. And, and for some of them, it's, it's foreign information and they just need time to adjust. So my key, my focus is on my delivery. How do I best deliver this message to them? I don't always share every single observation in my feng shui. My goal is not to scare somebody or to say, well, if you don't do this, this and this, you know, this won't surface. My goal is to see where is each client. And I was just sharing this with somebody a few weeks ago. And I said, you know, I feel like I'm becoming a little bit of a therapist in this regard too. And, and I love it because it's also my own growth, my own journey on how to deliver that message. My goal at the end of the day is how to empower each client. And some of them are, you know, they're already doing their master's in energy work. And some of them are just starting the journey. They're at, you know, Energy 101 right now. So it is my duty as a guide. I truly feel that the universe has sent me as a guide right now. And of course, I'm evolving in my own journey too, to say, okay, how can I best support and empower this client where they're at. And I truly take each thing as a beautiful challenge, not as a, a something that I'm sad about or frustrated about, because we can elevate each and every person where they're at and just elevate them slightly going forward. And everybody is evolving, including us. So, Yes, for sure. And I think it's always important that we recognize that we can never really underestimate the power of even just planting that seed, you know, even if it's just a seed of awareness that later they come back to. Who's telling me that, you know, now's the time for them to just become aware and then down the road, maybe they start to implement. So yeah, everyone is, everyone's at their own unique place within their spiritual awareness and their spiritual journey. So I love that. I think all of this, this whole practice is so beautiful. And I really thank you for sharing with us about what it is and, and how it can be used, because I think it's definitely something that a lot of people would be very interested in working with. Yes. And again, you know, like we mentioned earlier, it is just in the work that we put in. There's really, there's so much available to us right now. And it's up to us to put in the time and, and just better the quality of our life. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Where can people find you on online and otherwise? Yes, I'm on a mission to get the word out. I, I just can't get it out fast enough to really be mindful and respectful to the realm of energy and express gratitude. So I am on social media, Momentum Feng Shui. It's Momentum and then 
F-E-N-G, Feng Shui, actually, we call it Feng Shui. And on Instagram, we have a Facebook page. My website is MomentumFengShui.com. There are many, many amazing testimonials on there, all hard-earned over the years. So, you know, if somebody is interested, check out some of the videos I post regularly on social media. Because for every one person that is asking, there's many others that are wondering. So it's my way of giving back to the universe. I'm on LinkedIn. Sign up for the Prosperity ebook, and I send out regular newsletters. I do as much as I can to get the word out on the power of energy, maintaining it and expressing gratitude. Amazing. Wonderful. Well, Mina, thank you so very much. It's a pleasure to chat with you again. And I really appreciate your expertise and your knowledge and your beautiful energy. So thank you. Thank you, Melissa. You will be part of my evening closing meditation tonight. You've given me this opportunity. You have amazing, amazing people that that uh, follow you for the right reasons. And I am blessed that you've given me your time and again, given me this opportunity. So thank you. Oh, so wonderful. Thank you so much. For everyone else, I will talk to you soon. Registration is still open for the Exceptional Medium program that's a year-long mentorship. So if you're interested and you'd like to chat, feel free to reach out. MelissaWhiteMedium at gmail.com is the email. And just wishing you all a beautiful day, night, evening, wherever you're listening at whatever time and sending you lots of love. Take care. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the show, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or feel free to leave a rating and a review. You can follow me on Instagram at Melissa White Medium or on Facebook, Psychic Medium, Melissa White. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.